I wanted to start out this morning and ask this question of, what is it you're afraid of? Like, if you were thinking about life, what is it you're afraid of? I'm not talking about just like spiders or snakes. Did anybody read uh, the article this week about a snake who swallowed a whole woman in Indonesia? Like, scary. Like, like snakes? No, thank you. But I want to talk about a different type of fear. Um, in fact, when you look at my life, if you say, well, Kevin, what are you afraid of? Well, my life, uh, when I was a young baby, I was taken away from my biological parents. And so I had that issue that, that was born inside of me from an early age. Uh, my adoptive dad died when I was, was nine years old. And uh, even those, those two circumstances in my life, they weren't a result of anything I did. Uh, those two circumstances helped me to understand the pain of rejection. And because of those two circumstances in my life, uh, this has been an ongoing battle for myself. Where I, I, I've had this struggle with being a, a people pleaser, where I just want to tell you exactly what you want to hear so you are, are happy. Because, because I have this fear of disappointing people. Because my fear is if I disappoint somebody, they're going to reject me. And so I've got this fear inside of me that it is built from my childhood where I have this fear of rejection, have this fear of, of disappointing people. But what about you? What is it you're afraid of? Like when you're looking at your life, when you're looking at how you were raised, at your childhood, at your adulthood, what is it that you're afraid of? What circumstances in your life come up and it brings those feelings of fear? Maybe for you, you're like me, it's the fear of rejection. Just that rejection is, is unbearable. Maybe, maybe it's the future. Maybe because you can't see what's going to come in front of you, Maybe it's a little bit of a fear of, of the future. Maybe for some of you, for some of you, you like to be in control. Maybe it's a fear of not being in control of things around you, not being in control of your life, not being in control of the outcome of your kids' lives. Maybe it's a fear of death. It's a fear of dying. Maybe, maybe it's a fear of being alone. Like that fear of, of I'm going to have no one with me. Maybe, maybe for you, maybe it's a fear of what if I'm found out? What if all the stuff I'm hiding came out into the open? What, what if it's a fear of being found out? See, what happens is when we have these fears inside of us, maybe they're insecurities, whatever you want to call them. We have these fears. They begin to dictate how we live. Do they not? Like when you have that fear, when you can identify, man, yeah, that this is a struggle for me. It begins to dictate how you live. And as I think about today, I think something that I need to be reminded of, and I think every one of us in the room need to be reminded of, of something that Solomon gave us in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, again, Solomon is, is writing the book of Proverbs, and he's, he's wanting to give us wisdom. And, and we talked about what wisdom was last week. We said wisdom is, is the skill or the expertise to understand how life works best. And Solomon wants us to understand this. And so this is what Solomon says in, in chapter 1, verse 33. And this is what I want to hear today is, Whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without the dread of disaster. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without the dread of disaster. In fact, if you were to look up that verse in the NIV, it changes the wording a little bit and says, Whoever listens to me will dwell secure um, will we'll live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. And in fact, the old King James Version says, whoever listens to me shall dwell safely uh, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. And doesn't that sound good? 
Doesn't that sound good that, that the book of Proverbs said, if we would just listen to, to God's word, if we would listen to the wisdom he's given us, that we would live without that fear. That we would be in peace. That we would have safety and, and security. What would it be like if you didn't have to, to allow that fear in your life to dictate how you live? To dictate the choices you make? Because I'm pretty sure Proverbs just said that if we listen to what God has to say, if we listen to his wisdom, there's this peace that's available to us. There's this security that that fear doesn't have to dictate how we live day in and day out. So if you have a Bible, I invite you to open your Bible to, to the book of Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, we started this series last week introducing the book of Proverbs. Well, we're going to be looking out throughout the summer. Uh, we want to be able to say, hey, God, help us understand wisdom. And we, we already described what wisdom is. Wisdom is uh, God telling us this is how life generally works best. These are not promises, but these are observations. When you look at the whole of life that God created, God said this is how life is going to work best if you live according to wisdom. And so Solomon compiled all of these Proverbs for us to figure out what it means and how we can live with wisdom as, as fathers, as mothers, in marriage, in our workplace, uh, with our finances, with our words. Uh, in every sphere of life, God wants to give us wisdom to know how life works best so that we can live a good life. We can live a good life. And in fact, as you open up the book of Proverbs, you're going to see that there is a number of discourses. In fact, there's a number of times, 64 times in the book of Proverbs, you're going to see Solomon write. And he's going to say, son, or, or, or my son. Because really, this is, uh, the, the book of Proverbs is Solomon compiling these things for his son, Rehoboam. His son is going to be the king that comes after him. And, and so he's compiling these things and he's saying, son, my son, I want you to hear these words. And unfortunately, Rehoboam isn't going to listen to these words. Unfortunately, after Rehoboam becomes king, within months, the nation of Israel is going to be divided into two. And so we understand that Rehoboam didn't listen to these words. But we want to look at these words and we want to hear what, what Solomon would teach us. But the second voice you're going to hear isn't just from Solomon. The second voice you hear in the book of Proverbs is you're going to hear from this lady, uh, this person called Lady Wisdom. Uh, you hear this throughout the text. Lady Wisdom is going to speak. You see it in chapter 1. You see it in chapter 8, chapter 9. And let's clarify, Wisdom is not a tangible person, all right? There's not really a person named Wisdom. Uh, but what, what Solomon is doing is trying to, to, to give, um, uh, trying to take something in person, of, uh, making it personable so that we would understand. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like... Uh, Men, you're going to take your dad and you may go look at a car, right? You've got that special car, that, that Mustang sitting right there. And you're like, she's a beauty. Now that car is an intangible object. That car is not male or female. But we look at it and say, she's a beauty because that's how we do it. And so that's kind, of, uh, that's kind of what Solomon is doing here. He's saying, there's this uh, person that I want you to give a picture of being Lady Wisdom. And she's going to speak to us and help us to understand. And this is what Lady Wisdom would teach us today. If we will listen, here, here's, here's a big idea that Lady Wisdom wants to teach us today. That if we turn to wisdom, it leads to our security. But if we reject wisdom, wisdom will reject us. This is what Lady Wisdom wants us to hear today. So we're going to be in the book of Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33 today. And uh, before we jump in, I'm going to ask you just to join me in a word of prayer. 
God, we just come before you today. We thank you for who you are. Uh, we thank you that you are the good father. Uh, God, we know that uh, some of us in here have great fathers that we've looked up to and have influenced our life. Uh, God, we know that there are some of us in here who have had uh, troubled childhoods and our, our, our fathers haven't been the best examples. So God, either way, we look to you as a perfect father, as a good, good father who loves us. And God, we come to you today and, and ask God that you would speak to us, that God, you would give us wisdom. God, not according to the world, but according to your word. God, I pray for every one of us in here today that you would open up these words to our hearts. That, God, you would use your word to draw us deeper in love with you and to help us to understand these truths. God, to help us to be a people of wisdom. God, we, we ask your presence on us now as we open up your word. And, uh, Jesus, we ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen. So, we are introduced to Lady Wisdom here in, in, in this section of Scripture. And honestly, she kind of sounds like that weird street corner preacher, you know? The guy that has a billboard and he's screaming at everybody, You're going to go to hell unless you repent. Because this is what we're introduced. This is how we're introduced to Lady Wisdom. Verse 20 says, Wisdom cries aloud in the street, and in the markets she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street she cries out, and at the entrance of the city gates she speaks. You see, you read that, and you kind of get the picture of that crazy lady sitting on the street corner screaming at everybody, right? Kind of get the picture of this person's lost a few marbles. They're not all there. But in fact, in the Old Testament, those street corners, those, those uh, markets, the, the city gates, they were the hub of social life. In fact, that is where uh, the elders would gather to talk about plans. That's where the, the leaders of the city would come together at those, on those streets, at those city gates, to deliberate together, to deliberate together about the welfare of the city. Hey, what are we going to do to make our city stronger, to make it safer? And so you see this lady, she's standing in the streets corner. She's standing at the, at the gates of the city. This isn't some weird lady. She is exactly where the, the center of the city is. This is where things are happening. And it says that she is, she is, is crying out. It kind of gives you this idea of a sense of urgency. She's at the hub of the city where all these things are happening. And she's crying out. And it kind of gives you this idea. Hey, she's got a message that's important that everybody needs to listen to. There's Lady Wisdom. She's not that weird lady standing on the street corner. It shows us that wisdom is at the crossroads of our culture. Wisdom meets us where we are in everyday life. This is, back in the Old Testament, this is where life happened. This is where decisions were made. And I think what we take from that is God wants us to recognize that wisdom is available to us where we are in our life, in our situation. Whether that be in our business, whether that be in our workplace, in our education, in our schools, in our government, in our athletics. Wisdom is available to us in all intersects of life. Wisdom is where we are. Wisdom is where we live. It's not hidden. It's not something that has to be hidden from us. It is readily available to us where we are. The question for you is, is where do you need wisdom right now? As you're looking at your situation of life, where you are right now, where is it that you need wisdom? Begin processing through that. Man, here's where I'm at in this area of my life. This is where I could use some wisdom from God. Uh, here's what's going on for me. Just where I'm at, man, I would love some more wisdom in parenting. We've got five kids, and our oldest is 16 years old. Our youngest is eight. 
And, and there was a day and age when the kids were toddlers, and it was great. And we kind of figured out, man, we can do life with toddlers. We can do life with younger kids. These kids get growing older, and I've got to change how I parent. I've got to learn, how do I, how do I raise my kids differently? Like my 16-year-old, he no longer has a 9 o'clock bedtime. And it's crazy. He goes to bed later than I do. And so I need wisdom. I'm saying, God, would you give me wisdom to know how do I shepherd my kids into young adulthood to love them well? And here's Lady Wisdom shouting to me, Kevin, listen, wisdom is readily available to you. Wisdom isn't in this far-fetched place. Wisdom is right where you are. So where is it that you need wisdom? Where is it in your life that you're saying, man, God, this is where I'm at. God, would you speak to me here? Because do you recognize how readily available wisdom is in your life? Do you recognize in 2018 that there is wisdom screaming for your attention? I mean, the, the reality of where we are in our society. I mean, this is the benefit of living in the 21st century. Like, we have all sorts of, of books and podcasts and small groups and conferences. We've got all sorts of wise people right here around us who are willing to give you wisdom, who have been through what you've been through and are willing to come alongside you and say, hey, hey, this is what I learned going through this when I was going through that stage of life myself. Wisdom is all around us. The question is, are we going to seek that wisdom? The question is, when you're looking at your life, when you're looking at that scenario that you're saying, God, I need wisdom, are you actually willing to, to accept it? Because it's all available to you. It's all around That's that picture of Lady Wisdom standing on the street corner, screaming for your attention. And that's what wisdom is doing today, screaming for your attention. Listen, there is resources available to you. Wherever you are in life, there are resources available to you. You're almost almost without an excuse for not seeking wisdom in your life right now, whatever that scenario happens to be. So there's Lady Wisdom. We've introduced her, and here's her appeal to us. Here's what she's going to say to us. She's going to say in verse 22, she says, how long? Now, that's not a guy's name. How long? This is carrying an idea that, hey, something, this has gone on for far too long. You haven't, it's been too long since you've sought my wisdom. She says, how long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight other scoffers, scoffing and fools hate knowledge? See, in that verse, you see three different types of people. And it's kind of a progression of people. You see the first ones, you see the simple ones. We talked about this word last week. This is a word that Solomon is going to use to describe us often throughout the book of Proverbs. Simple ones. This is a Hebrew word, peti, which means to be naive, which means to be wide open. Carries the idea that we are ignorant. We don't quite know what we're doing. Some of us are in that situation in life. Where you've got whatever scenario in your life that you're going through and saying, man, I need wisdom because you're naive. You're ignorant. You just don't know any better. The next word that Jesus, or that Solomon used, that Lady Wisdom uses, is scoffers. A scoffer is someone who is his mocking. This is somebody who hears the advice and then begins to criticize the person who gives the advice. Okay, this would be a, a scoffer. It's a progression. They're a little bit beyond being a simple one. And the third description of a type of person that Lady Wisdom gives us is a fool. She says, fools hate knowledge. Fools, this is a 
term that we talked about last week in, in verse 7. These are people who refuse wisdom because they already know it all. These people are arrogant. They're saying, hey, I don't need wisdom right now in my life because I already know everything. I'm good enough on my own. I don't, I don't need anyone else to speak into my life. I'm, I already know it all. I'm just going to do things my way. Listen, where do you find yourself? And that, whatever scenario you're going through, where do you find yourself on that level? Are you a simple one? You just don't know what to do? A little bit ignorant? You need to learn? Are you at the point that you begin to hear that wisdom and because it's a little bit harder, because it's a little bit more difficult, you just begin to criticize it and mock it. And say, that's not going to work for me. That works for you, but you're this or that. Or maybe you're the fool. Maybe you're saying, I'm going to reject wisdom because I already know better. I'm smarter than God anyways. I'm smarter than, than the wisdom that's available to me. These are the three different types of people. And what Solomon, what Lady Wisdom says is, how long are you going to remain in that spot? How long are you going to remain ignorant? How long are you going to remain a scoffer? How long will you remain a, few, a fool? Because here's, here's what her appeal is in verse 23. Here's a, here's a great appeal. She says, if you turn at my reproof, Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you, and I will make my words known to you. If, if you turn at my reproof, if you listen to me, there's this beautiful thing that she's going to do for us. Now, remember when we talk about wisdom, remember, remember the foundation for wisdom that we talked about last week? That the beginning point for us understanding wisdom, what was it? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, a humility. A humility that God is God. God's the one who created the universe. God created the world. God created every one of us. God's the creator. We're not. And so the fear of the Lord recognizes God for who God is and recognizes that we aren't him. And that we have to recognize that sometimes God in his wisdom is going to disagree with us. Sometimes God in his uh, infinite knowledge is going to correct us, is going to rebuke us. See, there's this idea that God doesn't work with perfect people. God works with responsive people. In fact, this is a response that Lady Wisdom just said God's looking for. Lady Wisdom said, if you turn at my reproof, that's the response, to, to turn, to turn. To turn is, is, is a sense of humility. In fact, when you look at the word repentance in the New Testament, Perhaps the word turn is the most important part of us understanding what it looks like to repent. To turn means that we turn away from our foolish ways and we turn and pursue wisdom. We turn from doing it our way. We turn to say, I'm going to do it God's way now. This is what God said. I'm going to turn and do it God's way. And what Lady Wisdom is saying is if we turn from our foolishness, and we turn away from our ignorance, and we turn away from our arrogance, and we turn to God, and we turn to wisdom, that this is what God does for us. Verse 23, God pours out his spirit on us, and he makes his words come alive to us. You know what that means? That means he renews us. It means he begins to make us new. He gives us a new passion in our heart to sustain you. He gives us insight in our mind to understand his words to guide us. Isn't that a beautiful, a beautiful verse that he just said? That if you turn and if you trust God, if you follow his wisdom, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit to guide you. 
He's going to make God's word alive to you, to, to influence you. That's a beautiful thing. And again, just consider where you are in life. Consider where you need wisdom. Wouldn't it be great to have God's Holy Spirit guiding you every step of the way? Wouldn't it be great for you to open up God's word and God's word just jumping off the pages, speaking at you and and drawing you and guiding you and leading you? Because that's what Lady Wisdom just promised. That if we turn at God's reproof, if we listen to wisdom, that this is what happens. And if you consider your life, wherever you are right now, consider the fact that wisdom meets you where you are. God's wisdom meets you in your workplace. God's wisdom meets you in your marriage. God's wisdom meets you in your parenting. God's wisdom meets you in your personal life, in the choices you are making, and the sin you are flirting with. God's wisdom will meet you right there. And maybe, maybe it's not a sin you're flirting with. Maybe, maybe you're just struggling. You're just going through a bit of a funk. And you're, you're not quite sure what to do. You're kind of, God, I don't know where you're leading me. I don't know what you're doing. I'm just, I'm just frustrated all around. I'm, I'm lacking vision. I'm lacking purpose. Listen, God's wisdom meets us there. And if we listen to his wisdom, that's a great thing that God said he would do for us. Wisdom will meet us where we're at. The question is, are we going to listen? Are we going to respond? Are we going to turn towards his wisdom? Because I want you to listen to this. Verse 33, this is the end of the end of the section. This is where Lady Wisdom begins to summarize her message. She says, whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. This is a verse we read in the introduction. This beautiful verse. That if we listen, if we follow wisdom, they... Lady Wisdom says we will dwell secure with ease without the dread of disaster. And I, I, don't, want to, I don't want you to read into this. I, want, I don't want you to read that and say, well, man, Proverbs just said that if I follow wisdom, that my, wife, my, my life is going to be rosy and there's not going to be any troubles. It's like my best life now. Everything's perfect. No, that's actually not what this is saying. That's not consistent throughout Scripture. We recognize that The problems in life, I mean, this is Murphy's Law, right? Stuff's going to happen. Problems come to the godly and the ungodly regardless. But, But when we are right with God, when we pursue wisdom, there's a security and peace that, that this verse says is available to us. I mean, think about this. I think about my own fear. I think about that fear of rejection that I deal with. And how that fear of rejection can affect how I love people. Can affect how I lead people. Because I want to make sure they hear what they want to hear. That way they won't reject me. But when I allow wisdom to speak truth into my fear. When I turn to wisdom and say, God, would you give me wisdom related to this? Wisdom tells me the truth. Wisdom tells me that God's God's approval is the only one that matters. Wisdom in God's word tells me that God's never going to leave me nor forsake me. Wisdom in God's word tells me that God will never reject me. And so when I hear this wisdom in my life, listen, it begins to change that. We're no longer going to have to fear being rejected 
Because God's already got me. God's just promised me I'm secure in him. And when I listen to that wisdom, when I allow God's wisdom to speak into my life, to speak truth over my life, no longer does that fear dictate how I live because I can rest in what wisdom has taught me about the truth. Think about this in your life. Think about whatever it is that you fear. Maybe it's death. You fear death. What if you allowed wisdom to speak truth into your life? Because you know what wisdom says? To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. It means that this life isn't all there is. That the moment we die, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you go into the presence of God our Father. And there's no place that we could ever imagine that would be greater than that. Allow wisdom to speak truth into your life. You fear being alone? You fear being alone? Again, allow wisdom to speak truth into your life over that fear. Because wisdom will tell you that God promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that becomes wisdom into your life, giving you the security of knowing, I'm never alone. My Savior's with me. You fear losing control? Listen, the control you have in your life is an illusion. We've said that a number of times here. We love to try and control how everything's going to play out in our life. We have no control. God is the one who's in control. And that's good because he's smarter than we ever were. And he's wiser. And he, he, he knows how things will work out. And there again becomes this This peace that comes over us because we've allowed wisdom to speak truth over our fears to bring us to the sense of peace and security and comfort. This is what wisdom does. Wisdom takes these fears. Wisdom takes these things in life that would change how we live. And wisdom says, let me give you a better way. Let me speak truth over your fear. So you can live And dwell in security and peace. Doesn't that sound great? I mean, how would your life be different? How would your life be different if you allowed God's wisdom to speak truth into your life? Or if you allowed wisdom to say, man, this is the way things really are. Think about the freedom that you could experience in life. Think about the fears that keep you up at night. Think about the anxiety That makes your heart beat way too fast. If you allow wisdom to speak truth over that. Man, there's there's a peace that's available to you. And it's a beautiful thing. It is an absolutely beautiful thing. And there's a little bit, again, there's a little bit of an urgency in in this text. Where wisdom's crying out. Saying, how long? Listen, here's what I've made available to you. If you turn on my reproof. Listen, God's spirit will come upon you and God's words will come alive to you. And it's kind of this urgency about, hey, you need to do this now because this is what happens when we don't listen. Verse 24. Lady Wisdom says, I have called, yet you refuse to listen. Lady Wisdom says, I have stretched out my hand and nobody has heeded. No one has taken the hand. You have ignored all of the counsel I offered you, and you would have none of my reproof. Notice, notice all the wisdom is doing here. Again, wisdom meets us where we are. 
Wisdom is available to you wherever you are in life. Here's what wisdom says. Wisdom says, I have called. I've stretched out my hand. I've given you my counsel. I've offered you reproof. Wisdom is available for you wherever you are. But look at the response of the simple one. Look at the response of the scoffer. Look at the response of the fool. Look at the response of so many of us. Wisdom called and we refused to listen. Wisdom stretched out her hand and refused to take it. Wisdom offered counsel and we ignored it. Wisdom offered to help, but we did not accept it. Verse 26. Lady Wisdom says, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. I don't know about you. You kind of read that and you're like, really? Did, Lady Wisdom, did you say you're going to laugh at me because bad things are going to happen to me? Like, that doesn't sound like a God of love. That sounds like you jerk. Listen, God's not saying I'm going to laugh at you when you go through hard times and when disaster comes. I think what it means is he's going to, he's going to chuckle at our foolish choices. Kind of like saying, man, I can't believe my eyes. Like, I, I, I've, I've offered to give you everything that your heart desires. I've offered you peace. I've offered you security. Yet you continue to reject me. You continue to marginalize me. I kind of picture Lady Wisdom chuckling and just being like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, like I've offered so much to you. And you haven't accepted it. I've offered you wisdom. I've offered you peace. I've offered you security. Yeah, we won't take it. And this is why we need wisdom. Look at verse, the next verse, verse 27. It says, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when your distress and your anguish come upon you. Notice, as Lady Wisdom talks about this, she writes this, it's not an if these things happen to you. It's not if terror strikes. It's not if a storm comes. It's not if calamity comes. It's when. When these things come upon you. Again, one of the things I love about the Bible is the Bible, the Bible's not a fairy tale. The Bible doesn't make everything look pretty. The Bible is real. It makes life look just like life happens. Listen, there should be no speculation about the future. Crap happens. Life happens. Hard things happen. People die. People get sick. Things break. Relationships fail. It happens. And Lady Wisdom is saying, hey, this is what happens. Storms come in life. I mean, we talked about this in the Sermon on the Mount. So the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the wise man built his house upon the rock. And the foolish man, they built a house that wasn't built upon the rock. And what happened is the storms came on both houses. It doesn't matter if you're a godly person or not. Storms come. And, and, and this thing that we have to consider, this is why it's so important for us to recognize that storms are going to come in every one of our lives. Why it's so important we recognize this is because we can fake our faith during t- good times, right? We can fake being a Christian when times are good. I mean, everybody be, can be a Christian when everything's going good, right? Man, God, you're blessing me. Of course I can follow you. But it's when the storms come in life, which when the storms come, that, that phony faith does not withstand the storm. 
And it begins to come crumbling down just like that foolish man who built his house upon the sand. When the storms come, man, it drops it down to the ground and it leaves us in crumbles. Lady Wisdom says, listen, a storm's going to come into your life. If you don't have wisdom, it's going to be a problem for you. And that storm, that storm may come where, where something bad happens in your life. But think about this. Think about a different type of storm in your life. The storm might not be a disaster. The storm might actually be that you get what you always wanted. Think about this in a different way. Think about the, strength, the, the things that you strive for in life. Like if I just had this, then life would be bearable. If I, if I just had this, if this happened in my life, then I would have fulfillment. Then I would have happiness in your life. What is it that, that if, if you just got this one thing, then life would be good for you? Maybe it was a, maybe it was a bigger bank account. Maybe it was a better job. Maybe it was a spouse. Maybe it was whatever it is. I mean, I think about I think about the steady stream of celebrity suicides that we've had in our country in the last couple of years. Most recently, in the last couple of weeks, uh, the suicide of, of designer Kate Spade and celebrity chef uh, Anthony Bourdain. Think about these guys. Think about these two individuals, Kate Spade and Anthony. Both these individuals had the applause of the world for their many accomplishments. They had all sorts of wealth all sorts of accolades, all sorts of fame. I mean, honestly, there's some of us in here that say, man, if I just had a little bit of that, like, I'd be happy. I'd be satisfied. Life would be good for me. Here are people who had more than we can ever imagine. They had what so many of us unwisely desire. And the surprise comes, is still nothing changed in their life. Those things weren't enough for them. They were still empty. So when you look at the storms that come in our life, maybe those storms are where things are taken away from you and you go through hard times. Or maybe those storms become when you get everything you want. Either way, the storm, the calamity, the difficulty is coming. And that's going to be a time that you wish you had wisdom. You wish you had the presence of God. You wish you had God speaking truth into your life. Because this might be the saddest thing. His wisdom says when the storm comes, verse 28, then they will call upon me. Remember, wisdom has already called upon them. Wisdom has already offered all sorts of help. And how many times have they rejected them? Rejected Lady Wisdom. And so wisdom says, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. And I know we're reading that and saying, what? Like, like no, God, that's not fair, God. That's not, that's not fair. I mean, God, you're supposed to be a God of love. Like, how can you reject me when I'm seeking after you? Well, just look at verse 29. It says, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise all of my reproof. Therefore, listen to this, they shall eat the fruit of their way and they should have the fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroy them. Did you read what that just said? 
those who reject wisdom time and time again. Again, Lady Wisdom meets us where we are. God meets us where we are and says, listen, let me speak into your life. This is the way you're supposed to live. This is wisdom. Wisdom has made itself readily available to you. Yet, how many times do we just not listen to what wisdom has to say? And I believe what Lady Wisdom just said is that those who reject wisdom will face the consequence of their own decision. Isn't that what verse 31 says? They shall eat the fruit of their way, and they shall have the fill of their own devices. See, if you reject wisdom, wisdom will reject you. This is where we reap the fruit of the seeds that we've sown. You'll say, well, that doesn't sound like, that doesn't sound biblical. Like, like, there's no way that the Bible is consistent about that. Actually, what does Galatians 6 tell us? Galatians 6 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. For the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. I mean, this is a rowdy. Like, 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 as a pastor, I've talked to people and they're like, well, how can, if God's such a loving God, like, how can a loving God send people to hell? Like, if God's such a God of love, like, how can he also be a God of such awful judgment? Listen, the answer is clearly here. God doesn't reject people. People reject God. That's the way it works. God doesn't destroy them. They destroy themselves. In fact, see, author C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, there are two types of people in this world. There are those who say to God, God, your will be done. I'm in, your will be done. And there are those to whom God says to them, thy will be done. Question is, whose will are you going to allow to be done? Is it going to be God's will or is it going to be your will? Restoration Church, this voice of wisdom, this is the voice of Jesus Christ. This is God incarnate, God in the flesh, who came to reveal God's wisdom. He came to, to show us the meaning behind our life. He came to show us the purpose of our life, who came to show us, hey, there's an end that is coming. This life is not the end. There's more that's coming. And Jesus is shouting aloud to every one of us. He's shouting aloud to say, listen, I long to pour out my spirit upon you. I I long to make my word come alive in your heart and come alive in your mind. I I long to rescue you from, from from the miry pit of eternal damnation. I long to, to lead you to eternity with me in heaven. I long for these things. I long for you to live not in fear, but to live in freedom. I mean, Jesus himself said, I came to give you life, and I came to give you abundant life. This is what Jesus longs for. But it's got to be his way. It's got to be Jesus, your will be done. It's got to be us saying, we will turn at your reproof. That when you speak truth, when you speak wisdom into my life, I'm not going to reject it. 
I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to follow your way. He's God. He's the creator of the universe. And he's yelling to us today, if you would just do it my way, if you would just listen to, to wisdom, you would experience freedom. You experience abundant life. How long will you and I put off his commands? How long will we continue to be stubborn? To say, sure, God, I know this is what you said marriage should look like, but I'm going to do things my way. How long are we going to do this? How long are we going to take what seems to be the easier path instead of the path of wisdom? How long is it going to be your will and not God's will in your life? Do you know what my fear is? My fear is that the longer we reject wisdom, the quieter that call the wisdom is. Not that God's calling any less. But the longer we reject wisdom, the less our ears begin to hear. And the harder our hearts get. To where that lady standing in the street corner screaming to you to say, listen, wisdom is readily available to you. The longer you reject it, the harder your heart gets. Where we become, we started as a scoffer. Started as a simple one, and then we became a scoffer. At some point, we become a fool. To say, God, sure, that's what you said, but I'm smarter than you are. I already know everything there is to know. And I'm going to do things my way. Listen, Restoration Church, I want you to choose wisdom. I want you to hear this call today because it's very real. That if we turn at God's reproof and if we listen and pursue wisdom, listen, there's a life that is beautiful. There's a life that is tremendous for us. Doesn't mean it's easy, but there's peace. But listen, if we continue to reject wisdom, at some point, wisdom's going to reject us. And we're going to be left on our own. Listen, Restoration Church, God's word is not just meant to be heard. It's meant to be applied. So again, think about your life. Think about where wisdom is shouting to you in your life right now. Where is it in your life that you've dug your heels in? Where is it in your life that you said, God, I'm going to do things my way? Where is it in life that God has begun to tug on you and you're saying, God, I don't know if I want to go that way? Is it in your relationships? Is it in your relationships? Is it in your marriage? Do you know what God said about marriage? Do you understand what God says about a husband and a wife? But maybe you've just said, you know what? I understand this is what you say, but it's easier to do it this way. Listen, Lady Wisdom is here today calling after you to turn at God's reproof. Maybe, maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe it's in terms of your forgiveness. In fact, as we read through the Sermon on the Mount, we read through that passage where Jesus said, if you have anger in your heart towards another person, you're just as guilty as if you murdered them. Listen, 
Have you actually sought to bring forgiveness into a relationship that's fallen apart? Have you sought to make things right? Because I'll tell you what, I had to stand up here as a pastor and preach that passage on forgiveness, knowing that there were some people in my life that I hadn't gone through that process with. And I had to make a very humbling phone call and say, hey, can we talk? Because I'd like to extend forgiveness. I'd like to seek forgiveness. Listen, God spoke it saying, listen, if we want to be forgiven by him, then we need to extend that same forgiveness to other people. Wisdom is calling you today. Will you turn at God's reproof and do things God's way and listen to wisdom? Maybe for you, maybe it's your relationship with the church. Maybe you're struggling a little bit with the church. Listen, how is wisdom calling you today? Listen, there is no perfect church. If you're looking for a perfect church, you're not going to find one. If you're looking for a perfect pastor, I am the least qualified for that. But you know what the Bible tells me? The church is a body of believers who love one another and serve one another with a joyful heart. So let me ask you this. Are you doing that? Are you loving the body of Christ? Are you serving the body of Christ with a joyful heart? Because I'm just going to guess that if we do what God says, perhaps those concerns God begins to take care of. What about your anger? Are you willing to turn at God's reproof and not live in anger, but live in love? What about your sin life? Just throw this out. Because in our day and an age, with the information that's available at our fingertips on our cell phones, how are you doing on pornography? Are you willing to turn at God's reproof to say, God, this is what you've called me to. And even though it's hard, God, I'm going to pursue this. Again, this is what wisdom tells us. Wisdom says, if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. If you turn, if you repent, if you confess your sin. Listen, I want to invite you to do that today, to turn at God's reproof. That if, if this message ha- has spoken to you, if you know that there's an area of life that, that, that God's wisdom is speaking to you and just saying, turn at my reproof, that today, if you would just do that, if you would just repent, Have you just not cry out to God to say, God, I'm sorry. God, I know that this is what you called me to, and this is where I've been going, but God, today, I'm going to turn your way. Today, God, I'm going to confess this. Tell someone, who would you come to church with today? Tell them, listen, this is where I'm at. This is what I need to repent of today. Come up to me. Say, Pastor, I need to repent. I need to make this known. I need some accountability in this. Because wisdom says, if you do this, if you turn on my reproof, I will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make my word come alive to you. I will renew you. In verse 33, whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without the dread of disaster. Does that characterize your life? Looking at your fears. Listen, you don't have to keep living in those fears. You don't have to keep holding on to those things. 
Listen to wisdom. Allow wisdom to speak that truth into your life. Men, today's Father's Day. Men, if we chose to live according to God's wisdom, how many of us would change the course of our family history? How many of us would say, this is the way that my family has gone and it's been nothing but a mess? Men, if we turn at God's reproof, and if we say, I'm going to live in wisdom, I'm going to follow God's way, God could change our family heritage for generations to come. Restoration Church, do you recognize that this is what the world wants? The world wants freedom. The world wants peace. And the world's looking for all sorts of ways to find that peace. And Lady Wisdom just offered it to us. I just said, listen, this is how you find peace. And we have an opportunity to those around us to invite others to accept God's freedom. To accept his wisdom. To experience the freedom and the peace that we desperately long for. Restoration Church, I love you. And I want nothing more than for you and I to live in wisdom. To experience the freedom that wisdom offers.